You're listening to episode two of the Best Coast Speech Podcast. I'm Ruchi Gododia. And I'm Mark Engler. We are both school speech therapists in the Bay Area in California. And uh, welcome to our second episode. How's it going, Mark? You know, things are going pretty good. Um, I would say I am almost out of the weeds. There have been a lot of evaluations. How about you? Yeah, yeah, same. A lot of evaluations. I'm just trying to like keep it out of my brain when I get home, trying to get excited about Halloween and a lot of other yeah. fun stuff coming <laughs> up. What Do you have any plans? Oh, uh, you know, it's really fun at school this week. Um, the kids are having some sort of a fun day every every day of the week, whether it's pajama day or something like that. So it, it definitely brings back why it's fun to work in schools. And I am, of course, dressing the puppies up. Oh my gosh, what are they going to be? Yeah, Tommy, our smaller dachshund, is going to... Be a hot dog, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's what he was born in. I have a feeling very um, appropriate. And then Tucker's going to be a lion. Oh, yeah. very sweet. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Um, I'm good. Yeah, I, I love this time of year. Um, it was actually Diwali this past weekend, which is like the biggest oh, yeah. Hindu holiday of the year. It's the Festival of Lights. So um, I had a big family gathering for that, and a bunch of stuff going on all weekend, um, just celebrating the holiday. And then for Halloween, I'm dressing up my cat, Kim Kardashian, as a mermaid. Oh and there's gosh. even like a little wig with the costume. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she'll let me put it on her, but it'll be fun. And I'm dressing up as a cat to match her. But oh she's gosh. a mermaid, so I guess I'm dressing up as her and she's dressing up as the mermaid. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. But you're, you know, you're totally right. At school, I feel like I have been really slammed with assessments. I think mm-hmm. it's that time of year when um, like those early education teachers like, you know, TK and kindergarten are finally starting to notice those sound errors in their students and are kind of going through the referrals like crazy. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I have given the GFTA so many times this year and I kind of come to this point where I'm like, okay, I've given the GFTA, I see the errors, but now what? Um, It's hard to know which target to start with. And because especially with a kid that has so many error sounds. This is kind of where I bring in stimulability, which refers to how well a child can produce their error sounds when imitating. It's really important to do this method because stimulability is the most effective way to create a hierarchy of which sounds to target in therapy. I know like it's really easy to feel overwhelmed with all those speech errors. So testing out stimulability is a great jumping point for starting therapy. Yeah, and it just cuts to the core of what the child's having difficulty with, right? I, I thought I'd offer up the ASHA definition. So ASHA defines stimulability as the child's ability to accurately imitate a misarticulated sound when the clinician provides a model. There are few standardized procedures, unfortunately, for testing stimulability. Um, but, you know, there's some really practical ways that we're going to talk about today um, so that you can more effectively target stimulability. The key things, um, you have the complexity of the target, right? So uh, either stimulability of the sound in isolation at the syllable level, word level, or phrase level. And then you also have the level of cueing that's necessary to achieve that best production, right? Um, But it's not the easiest thing to implement, right? No, no. Um, I know I've struggled with stimulability because I didn't know how to give the child an idea of which sound I wanted them to produce. Like I could guide them to uh, imitate my production of the sound, 
but I really like, I feel like most kids benefit from, you know, visuals and tactile signs and a yeah. lot more than just imitation because they need those to internalize the production of the sound. So most SLPs turn to stimulability as a really good indicator of whether, of whether or not the student will benefit from intervention of a particular sound. So really stimulability is the building block of therapy intervention. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one uh, tool for stimulability that I absolutely love uh, were the character cards that were created by uh, the researcher Adel Michio. Um, if you haven't seen them before, I would definitely just look them up. Look up Stimulability and uh, Adele Michio. Her last name is spelled M-I-C-C-I-O. Uh, but she created these really fun characters specifically to provide that visual for kids who are learning a sound. Nice, yeah. Um, I know like traditionally in grad school, we kind of learned the developmental approach, which is, um, you know, you say the sound, repeat it, have the kids say the sound and repeat it. Look to your norm of reference chart, find the earliest sound, and then go with the sound that they need minimal assistance with. I know that newer developing criterion prioritizes later developing sounds, so these sounds are not even actually in the child's sound inventory yet. Um, and the approach is a little bit different for this one. Yeah, so uh, Barlow, Taps, and Storkel uh, released a target selection guide in 2010 that I find extremely useful. And so it's a step-by-step process walking you through, okay, how do you select those stimulable sounds that are the most valuable to work on? So let's say you give the golden fristo, Ruchi, and the child has shown all kinds of errors at the word level. So what you want to do is then target those individual phonemes and see if the child's able to produce them in isolation. Um, and then you want to record all the sounds that the child's able to do with a little bit of help, narrow it down to just the phonemes that are outside of that child's inventory. Uh, So cross out all of your stimulable sounds, and then you'll cross out all early acquired sounds. Um, So this would include P, B, D, T, K, G, F, V, M, N, Ang, W, J, and H for English. Uh, Instead of J, I should say Y. Um, so of those that are remaining, then you circle those sounds that lead to the greater system-wide change, uh, based on language laws. Uh, so you want to go for those more marked, more complex sounds. All right. That was a lot of information to absorb. So let's try just walking through an example. Let's do it. Let's say I've just given the Goldman Fristo and, uh, I don't remember all the words on the Goldman Fristo off the top of my head. So I'll just make some up. Let's say you had a tough time with the sound T in table. And you had a tough time with z in zoo. What I'm going to do first is see if you are able to produce that sound in isolation. Um, so let's try t. K. T. K. All right, I'm going to use mirror work. I'm going to use highlighting of my own mouth and all kinds of prompts to see if Ruchi is able to produce the sound. T. T. Perfect. All right. And then let's try that z in zoo. Once again, I'm going to use imitation, visuals, tactile signs, all of those things to try to get Ruchi to be able to produce that sound. But still, she can't do it. Um, So the first step uh, that Barlow Taps and Snorkel outline is crossing out all stimulable sounds. 
Um, she got that T, so we can cross it out. Um, and let's say even if she wasn't able to get that T uh, with the help, we would still cross it out because it's an early developing sound. Um, then, what luck, that Z is a later developing, more complex sound. Um, so based on implicational laws, it's going to help Rucci produce stop sounds since fricatives imply stops. Awesome. Um, another thing I really like to use with stimulability is the lock speech perception test. Oh, uh -huh. This is a really nice, quick test because it rules out things like a motor planning issue or perceptual difficulties. It's a really simple form. Um, so you basically can just like Google lock speech perception test and um, it's a free, free little activity. You basically pick minimal pairs between the target sound and two error sounds. For example, sip, fip, and ship. Then you would show the student a picture of the target sound and continually ask them, is this a fip? Is this a ship? Is this a sip? And based on the responses, you would know whether they're just having an articulation issue or they're having a real um, auditory discrimination issue. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So stimulability, we've gone over the steps now, and now we want to go over some easy ways to actually put this into practice. Mm -hmm. um, one really popular method is Kaufman cards. They are these amazing apraxia cards by Northern Speech Services that um, have great pictures that can be definitely used for stimulability. We also want to talk about the best co-speech application. So it's a great solution for finding images to measure stimulability. You can search for images based on each individual student's error sounds and the stimuli you'll need will just pop up and it's available in both English and Spanish. The Besco Speech app, uh, I want to mention that it can be used on any device. It can also be used on or offline. Yeah, so that's about it for Stimulability. We'll catch you in the next episode. All right, see you soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Best Coast Speech Podcast. You can find us on our website at bestcoastspeech.com, where we would love to hear any questions or feedback that you may have for us. We also can be contacted through our Facebook page, Best Coast Speech, our Instagram, our, where our handle is at Best Coast Speech, and our Twitter, where our handle is at Best Coast Speech. Um, and please continue listening to our podcast, which is available on all major podcast platforms. Thanks so much. Catch you next time. Ha <laughs>